0: This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 647, brought to you by Harry's. To get your trial shaves set, go to harrys.com slash iFanboy right now. That is harrys.com slash iFanboy. And of course, iFanboy listeners just like you. Boy pick of the week, number six forty-seven. I am Josh Flanagan. Hold on, let me check my notes here. My co-host <laughs> is come on. Oh my god, I remember you. It's Cara Kilpatrick.
1: I am relaxed.
0: Sure you are. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <sighs>
0: oh, you've come back.
1: oh that was I... the least relaxing vacation I've ever been on, but no one cares about that. <laughs> At the turn of the tide.
0: Yeah. We are our fanboy. And every week they say, Regulus, get them up. Uh, we read our stack of comics. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Out loud. Um, in my head all the time. We read our stack of comics and one of us picks their favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. It's usually Batman by Tom King. Uh, we <laughs> talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick. Some people write it in an email, which with you and Tom King? And then we have to be like, "That's not a thing. And then we say that rhymes with King. Oh, I
2: taught. Wow.
0: Be mail. There wasn't last week. I ran out of time. The idea is that it's fun. It usually is fun. We'll see if Connor can still do this. I'm clearly losing it. Um, <laughs> we will spoil the comics that we are going to talk about. If you haven't read them, that's your own problem. It's a review show that how it works. Connor, please talk for a little while.
1: Well, first of all, I was listening to the shows I missed, and I just want to mention that the shows were fun, as always, but man, neither you nor James Viscardi knew the date of Superman's first appearance, and that I was yelling at my my computer while I was listening to it. Thirty seven? Thirty eight. Thirty-eight. So then Batman was thirty nine. Yes.
0: Listen, I, I know a lot of history from that that's time period. That's a pretty
1: major years. deal.
0: Yeah, well true, but I, I you know, I I know a lot of other history that's actually <laughs> more significant from that that period that I think I've been committing more memory space to.
1: So fair enough. Alright, so the pick of the week was Batman fifty three and I, I didn't I mean I didn't want to. You know, I understand. We've been here before. The previous issue was the pick of the week. the The one before that would have been would have been mine. This is a th- it was a three issue arc called Cold Days, Twelve Angry Batman, as we've been calling it. And there were other good books this week, and there was a couple that could have been the pick of the week. But I read Batman Fifty Three last, written by Tom King, art by the Incredible Lee Weeks, Elizabeth Brightweiser colors. The problem is, much in the way that when Grant Morrison was doing Batman and Robin in the very beginning. Those first three issues. No one else is working on this level right now. hmm Between Miracle-Man and Batman, and it hasn't been the whole run of Batman. It, it, we, we talked about this on the show. It took a while, I think, for Tom King to figure out what he was doing with the book, find his tone. Originally, he had told me he wanted to be his basically his version of the animated series. And I think he started off that way and quickly changed direction. Mm-hmm. And it—it's just not. No one else is doing this right now. No one. It just feels like no one else is putting in this amount of consideration into their books. And I—I've I, said that before, and I don't mean to denigrate other comics. And I—I I know how hard it is to make them and turn them out every two weeks. But it's just—it's a different level right now that he's on.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, let's maybe that—that that Gotham girl. Yeah, Ark wasn't the best. No, and we can recognize that now. It wasn't bad, but in comparison to this, it's it's you know, we had to get through that to get to this. But we're we're doing a thing now, that is,
2: yeah. Between between this and Mr. Miracle,
1: there's a there's a reason why he just won the Eisner for best writer. Sure, he's on a different plane at the moment. It won't last forever, and someone else will take over. But for right now, I mean, I finished Batman Fifty Three, and I was like, well, shit. Yeah, so someday, like five years from now, we're going
0: to open up like Avengers number one by Tom King and we're going to be like, enough with the fucking grid,
1: dude. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> that is true. So here we have the finale of the story in which Bruce Wayne has been sitting on a jury that is that is on the, a case against Mr. Freeze that Batman was heavily involved in. And a lot of people have been joking and are complaining that Bruce would never be on the jury, and we find out here that he bribed his way on. So that's how. He I like. I
0: really like that bit at the end. That changed everything. Yeah. In terms of sort of the the motivation that was going on and why it was happening, and it wasn't
1: random chance, right? No, yeah, totally. It was that he he felt bad that in a, in the grief of his busted up marriage, he went too hard on Mister Freeze, who was in fact innocent this one time. And it's it's always an interesting dichotomy that's often played in cop movies or TV shows or whatever. It's like. Okay, you know the criminal's guilty of a lot of things, but this one time, this, for this one crime, they aren't, so what do you do? And here he clearly has decided to go into the jury room and, and get Mr. Freeze off, because mm-hmm. he didn't do this one. It's been interesting. This was a very psychological issue. At first, I wasn't quite sure about it. The main thrust of this discussion in the jury room is, is Batman some sort of god? Is he infallible? Do the people of Gotham see him as a deity, and should he be seen that way? And and that's the main discussion thrust of this this issue. Meanwhile, Lee Weeks gets to draw basically every major Batman villain, and I, was, I, I couldn't have been happier with that. I hope he doesn't disappear again after this arc.
0: I, I mean, uh, he's not going to keep up the two-week pace. but I don't think he'll <laughs> disappear, but I think he'll be back on something.
1: Well, I know. I know he's. I mean, like I know Tony Daniel's coming up, on another people, another they're basically Tony right? Daniel, a name who I probably used to be like,
0: Ugh. <laughs> but but I think the last one he did on this, I was like, hmm. there's other guys like that I've noticed. I uh, want we'll you to, to do the
1: rest of the show and only react to things with noises. I don't want you to. Get can I
0: say by. other things beside? Can I start with that? <laughs> like <laughs> as
1: we get to a book, I'll make the noise that fits that book. Sure. Okay, great. Okay, so. I just really love the discussion. I know a lot of people found it odd, Bruce's discussion of religion and God, especially since he he pals around with lower deities and new gods and things. But that's just comics. That's, it's always been that way. It is silly when you think about it, but again, all of it is silly when you think about it. And then, of course, for me, the I'm sure everyone is predicting this, is that they, at the end, he goes home after the trial's over and he tells Alfred, I don't want to wear the new suit anymore. That suit reminds me of Selena. Give me the old suit. And so he's in the classic year one costume with the, the little bat on the chest and the, the, the trunks and the old belt. I know it's not going to last forever, but for however long it lasts, I'm pretty happy.
0: Well, that, that is one of those things where I'm not saying he was talking to us directly. I don't think he was. <laughs> no, I don't think but so either. I do think, that, I do think that there was like, I was like, oh, this is for me. Not <laughs> me, but the collective me. The you abstract know? me. Like it was for you and I. We were yeah. like, "Okay, that's, right. uh, you, you know what we think we're thinking. Uh, you get it, and and just I think right. Now, you could stop Batman right there. Okay, just freeze.
1: Look at that final freeze page, man. I I need to remember who I am with Batman standing in like an alley with steam behind him and mm-hmm. the classic suit, Lee Weeks drawing and very shadow heavy. I mean, that's that's Batman right there, man. Yeah, not this and, and, dumbass and, and, suit. I mean, I don't. I even don't mind the this the new one that. Capullo design, even though no one can seem to decide how it's actually drawn. Yeah. In Justice League this week, Javier Fernandez, who was, who was incredible, drew it with, with the giant knee pads from the old suit, and it just looked terrible. And <sighs>
0: anyway. I just. The subtext here of I need to remember who I am, mm-hmm. putting that suit on and having a guy like Lee Weeks draw it, you know, with a minimum of line.
1: Actually,
0: esque. Yeah. I mean, it, it really. Like there's all sorts of things that he's talking to there, basically.
1: There was a lot like of Massicelli actually in this issue because he talks yeah. about, uh, you know, how he had to leave Gotham to find himself after the murder, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. direct referencing of Year One in that flashback, and it's kind of yep. drawn even a little bit like and So, and so uh, I yeah. think it's I think it's re- you're absolutely right. I I think it's
0: really easy. To look at this on a surface level and be like, this is ridiculous. He wouldn't go in there. He wouldn't wear that salmon shirt. He wouldn't lecture to these people. Well the salmon shirts might
1: be a bridge too far.
0: I mean, if if there's anything that's gonna push me over the edge of this is bullshit, it's that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna tamp it down for right now. And anyway, like if you're looking at on that surface level, yep, it's silly. But the second thing you get away from that and you think, well, what's what's the goal here? What are we trying to say? And I don't even know if you could say that the author knows literally what it is he's trying to say. But he's getting at something. He's poking at something. He's scratching around it. The idea where he's saying, you know, do you believe in God? Batman's a god. That's all heavy-handed stuff. And it barely works.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: If I can be honest, yeah, like, yeah. I, I was like, this is, this is for me a bit of a stretch. I like, I see where you're going and I like the attempt. It's one of those, it really is one of those, like, it's the Tom King version of swinging for the fences that we used to talk about with Grant Morrison.
1: Yeah. It, but it's a, it's the psychological swing for the yeah. fences. but also I feel like that is part of the story. It's, it's, it's Bruce sort of scratching around trying to figure yeah. stuff oh, out absolutely. about himself because he is completely unmoored emotionally since Catwoman bailed on him.
0: But you can also you can also then take that apply you like zoom out apply it. Okay, well does that t- apply to Batman as a property? Yep. Does that apply <laughs> to comic books as a property? Yep. Okay, what about superheroes? Okay, what about geek culture as the whole? I hate that phrase, but it's the quickest way to get where I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, it all of it applies. Yeah. The messaging here, and it's it's like you know it's kind of punk rock
1: at the end of the day. You well, know, I think, per- I think this, this book is kind of that way because it's it's a very anti-Batman Batman book. And I don't, yeah. mean, I don't mean against Batman. I mean it's 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 very psychological. And I, I will say it again that I I I don't understand why this is being
0: this is successful <laughs> in today's market. I I really don't. It like it flies against the face of everything that I thought I believed.
1: I don't know why anything's successful in this market.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I think in Le- that
1: case, it fits in perfectly. I think Lee Weeks should do a Scarecrow story because that is a terrifying Scarecrow.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think Lee Weeks should do whatever Lee Weeks wants to do. And if it's another Tom King book, but I would like it to be a regular lengthy run where he can he can go at it for a
1: bit. Yeah, do it monthly. He, I mean, there is significant pages in here that I could have pulled out for a Best of the Week of Panel segment we used to do on the website. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the panel, if him swinging through the Gotham full-page shot of that is terrific. All of these little panels of the villains is terrific. I'm the not saying to terrific. put
0: the salmon shirt on the list, <laughs>
1: necessarily. <laughs> But I hate it. What's really bad is that if you look at page fourteen on your digital readers uh, with the salmon shirt, I didn't even realize that the pants didn't match the jacket. Mm. I mean, that's also
0: also just to let you know. I know there's been a little bit of a Lee Weeks uh, love fest.
1: Yeah. that hand ain't the right size. You've mentioned that last time. He might yeah. have a small hand thing sometimes. <laughs> he might have a small. <laughs> I'm very sensitive to small hands now. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, uh, Batman Fifty Three. This is a l- terrific little short arc, and we should mention also. It's sort of going unmentioned in is that this is a three issue arc. How often do you get that these days? It usually, yep, not bad for the trade. So I think uh, that's fun. I mean, this could I've read three more issues. Sure, did it need more? Probably not.
0: No, I think yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh, I would have read. Especially more. with what it turned into, it didn't. It wasn't like a courtroom drama. Yeah. It wasn't him uh, 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 arguing with the people in the in the jury. You know that what it didn't turn out to be those things. It, it it that's and maybe that's another thing that's kind of interesting about it is that it, it zigged on us a couple of times.
1: I would have been fine with another issue devoted to figuring out how the guy with the mohawk got onto the jury. Well, they were down to him and and another frozen German guy, and they decided <laughs> yeah. that that would probably. Are be you probably. Albert Einstein? This was terrific. This arc was terrific. Every every issue we, I, I may be on a little Tom King high. While well, I was on vacation, I read a Once crowded Sky, his novel, which which oh, wow. was very raw and early Tom King. What well, I think it was one of the first things he wrote, but he's it, it's there. It's clearly there. Even some of the even some of the stuff about religion and discussions of that is in there a little bit. But yeah, I mean, he's thinking about stuff differently than everyone else is right now, and that makes him stand out. Uh When, sure. you, when you're reading sixteen and, and books a week, yeah, for sure. And he's pa- pairing himself with really terrific artists. And that is a recipe for success.
0: And for Picks of the Week. It, it turns out that this generation of comic book writers who grew up listening to intelligent comic book shows seem to be able to pick correct artists for
2: projects.
1: <laughs> Good job. I don't know who's coming up next because I don't pay attention to that stuff, but I'm excited to see where we go. I know you talked about uh, with Catwoman number two how we don't want to linger too on these on the fallout of the wedding, but unfortunately we're gonna have, that's what they're doing, so we have to like, live with that and... I like the way it's being handled here. Sure. This is it's very similar to after Jason Todd was murdered for that next year he was very violent. He he mm-hmm. was overly violent and that's what led to Tim Drake. Anyway, we can we can talk about that for an hour. I couldn't anyway. Honestly, Josh, I would have I would have I would have hated to do it to you, but extermination number 1, real close to pick of the week. So the backstory that he's – the tone of his – oh, uh,
0: I guess I can't give you a, a, a rating, but I would, if I had to, I'd be like, eh. <laughs> I was looking down the list that Connor sent me as I do, and I was like, what's Extermination 1? And so I just thought it was some random number one that came up that I didn't notice or whatever. And I just clicked. Oh, X-Men. And I, and I literally just took the screen and went, fuck you. <laughs> and I don't know why. Like I just did. But I, I was thinking of trying to read it this morning, but I didn't make it. So go
1: on. It's written by Ed Brisson. Art by Pepe Larraz, whose name is super fun to say. I've seen him before in other places. I can't remember where, but he's really good. And this is the the latest X event. The next big X Men epic starts here, according to the cover. And Give basically, you they haven't used this title before. I don't know. I don't know. This is basically the what what's been, I guess what what is what is being written in the back matter is the final chapter of the young time displaced X Men. They're all on the cover, and so. As they have announced the return of Uncanny X Men, as they are reshuffling all the X Books again with the acquisition of Fox by Disney, I think they're sort of cleaning the slate to start over. And one of the things they're doing, apparently, is good, I guess they're going to, in some way or fashion, get rid of the original young X Men who have been running around for years now since Brenda's brought them in, in all new X Men many years ago, which we really enjoyed. So this is basically your big. Chapter one in which a shadowy hooded figure is attacking the mutants and he attacks young Iceman and he uh, kills the vampire version of Storm, which I'm not quite clear on that, but didn't really matter. He kidnaps Iceman, the young Iceman and then he kills Cable. They're all being attacked. They don't know what's going on. And the big reveal, as we gave you the spoiler warning, the big reveal is the hooded figure is, in fact young Cable who, who thinks that the X-Men need to go, the, the time displaced place X-Men need to go for some reason. It had a great sense of suspense and action and, like, you know, in the best way that these characters are under siege and they don't know what to do or who's doing it and they have no way of figuring it out. Cerebro's not helping. And then the art was really terrific. I don't, I don't know where I've seen Pepe La Raz before. I definitely have, but really, really good. Really great action, kind of a Carlos Pacheco vibe to his art. Mm-hmm. The X-Men, it's a cliche to say, is a, a family story, but you've got Cable, who is the son of Gene, and Gene is involved, and the old Cable dies, and... Wait, is Cable... So, so Cyclops supposed to be Cable's father? Yes. That's
0: just... It's, so it's, it's just... And it's original... Scott Summers and Jean Grey. I don't know if Ron still listens to this show, but he's scratching his eyes out.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, well, I didn't know that for sure. I'm not like a hardcore X Men fan. I've been reading them my yeah. entire life, but I, I, but at one point when old Cable's dead, Jean Grey walks in and says, "My son." So I assumed that's uh-huh. that's what it is.
0: I feel like they dug themselves into a corner there. They didn't want to. They're all
1: dug into a corner. Yeah, Rachel Summers is involved. It's all these characters who are some way. You know, involved familially or not, I think clearly at the end of the story, the young X Men are going to be somehow either are sent back in time, and they eventually had to go back in time because there would be no present without them going back. It's just super fun, and it looked great. It just had to, it had that big action feel to it that you want to get from your big event story, even if no event is big anymore. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting? How at some point events stop feeling important. Well, it's because there was
0: so many of them. Yeah. It's just fascinating. It's it's constant. And it was the idea of like, well, what if we try to make it feel like this all the time so that people will buy more books? And amazingly, that backfires. This is like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this is coming out, but here we go. This is like The Gap. The Gap has had everything on sale for 40 to 50% off for about five years now. Mm -hmm. And so none of the prices matter. Nothing is interesting. Nothing makes you go, oh, I better hurry and get that while it's cheap.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, because I like pants. I mean, let's be let's be honest. But but either like get the emails, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But it, at a certain point, that kind of marketing just numbs you, and yep. and I don't understand. I don't understand why people always do it. They always need that short term. They gotta they that, gotta
1: they gotta make their quarter when. when I know, but the, the but the long term view is that
0: they're not gonna make that quarter eventually. Like they're going to use that up, and then they've got
1: nothing. I know that's that's the inherent problem with with public companies. Yeah, I mean but and all but they've got nothing but to actually just what if they just did their jobs really
0: well? What if they looked at it and went, you know, what if we make this really good instead? Well, that would be really hard. Yes. So make it really, you know what I mean? Like, like it, it just so much energy goes into that as opposed to but I, I mean, I the market rewards what the market rewards, I guess, but I feel like that is you're right though, it's fizzling. I That's don't want to get
1: another I market. don't think anything is being rewarded right now. Anyway, if you're an X Men fan, X Termination One was incredibly fun. This is probably going to be the story that cl- that cleans the slate for Uncanny X Men's reboot. We'll probably have a sense of where the X Men are at the, end of the, at the end of all this. I enjoyed this very much. Let me ask you this: Where are you with X Men? I feel like you've been poking around it for a little while,
0: trying to get in and get a get a hold on. Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I like the characters. I've always read them. You know, we came we came of age during the Jim Lee period, so yeah, you know, when we were. 12 and 13, was, you know, that was the hottest thing out there. So I read, I've been reading them since then. And I want them to be good. I, read, I had read, I tried all the reboot, the colored reboot books, blue and gold and red, and I dropped off all of them eventually. I, I, I want to read a good X-Men book for sure. I like the characters. But if it's yeah. not good, I also won't read it. I, I feel no, no compulsion to read it. Okay. So I happened to start reading Infinity Wars.
0: hmm I don't know why. What is it? I, I, I don't know. I was like, is this an event? And so I, I there was like a prelude I read. It's been like weekly. I read the first, and I saw it was Jerry Duggan, and I was mm-hmm. like, that's kind of interesting. And I,
2: oh, <laughs> <Huh. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: and, and it was kind of basically, and it's almost like it's a huge Marvel event that mm-hmm. no one knows about or is talking about. It doesn't seem to matter. Or Is it like, an event? You know, I don't know, but like, if I tell you the story, it's that it, it it's it. If I tell you the story, it's that like they're gathering up everybody who has the stones and trying to get them together so they can come up with sort of a <laughs> wait, wait, wait,
1: saying, like the metaphorical stones. Like, do you have the stones to go do do this thing or like actual stones? The act. Well, the the meta the metaphorical stones. They I, they're gathering the up stone? all the tough people. You got who's which got are literal
0: in this sense, but also yes, they have metaphorical stones as well. I see. So everybody who's a st- stone holder, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, they're, they're trying – like all the big wigs, Tony Stark and, and Doctor Strange, and they're trying to uh, gather all the stones up and keep them safe from Thanos, which is what we've seen a million times. But sure. given the fact that, you know, Thanos and the movie and all that stuff, you would think this would be like a, a, you know, a fear itself kind of thing, you know, like a full full line-wide push. And it turns out that, like – I don't know what book this happened in, but – Gamora has one of the stones, and and Peter Quill has one of the stones, and and I can't remember. There's a villain Turk who's like a, a lesser kingpin kingpin uh, oh. henchman, and he's like being difficult as they're trying to come to an agreement, but he has the Soul Stone and or the Mind Stone, whatever we, we, it is. We
1: were reading a book. It was it was Jerry Duggan's Guardians of the Galaxy that had the giant stone they were hiding they were hiding from people so that, this must be a continuation from jerry duggins
0: I, I think it's possible but either way you can jump story. in from that and go to but like all the avengers are in it it's groot and rocket and captain marvel and you know captain america everybody all the avengers and you know this big fight and and you know thanos and uh, basically thanos is dead in this but gamora is sort of taking his place and the idea, it looks like she's being controlled by Thanos, but then there's Loki comes in. Like, it's a
1: big, like, Avengers So it's basically all story. the characters from the movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but it, it, it's, it's pretty good. It's Mike Diodato, who is one of those artists who I didn't always love, but I kind of have to say, you know, like, he's got something. He's good for this kind of thing. Sure. For sure.
1: We've accidentally stumbled upon a theme for this show, and it, it really is fascinating to see where we are now in comics, because this should... Theoretically, have been a big big deal.
0: Which is why I read it, and then I haven't, you know, granted, I'm not super plugged into the community, but, like, it seems like it should be a big deal.
1: Yes, yes. And it's,
0: and it's been fun. It's big, crazy Infinity Stone war stuff, and there's, like, the one villain who has it, and he's a wrench, and, and everybody's kind of arguing with each other and fighting together at the same time, and the stakes are really high, and fucking Groot talks now. I don't know why that is, but it's stupid. Hmm. Put that on the list, by the way. Talking Under Groot? no circumstances should Groot say anything but I am Groot. Ever. <laughs> that should be an unbreakable rule. Right, that's true. Groot says I am Groot. I am Groot. Put that yeah. on the list. Update the list. That's an official... Yes, I agree. That's official. That's ratified.
1: Unless it's the very last thing he ever
0: says. No. Absolutely not. Think about you writing that page. He's about to die and he's like... It was the... Rosebud. Spell. Yeah. But no, he has to say, "I am Groot." Only, if and he then says everybody Rose around back. him has to be like, "Yep, <laughs> yep." <laughs> no, he it's should never
1: say anything. That he's, he's, that's, yeah.
0: Pretty good. It's pretty good. It's like two issues into the main series, and then there's one sort of prelude before it. But I picked it up without a problem. It's not like it's a new story.
1: Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Batgirl twenty-five was one of these random DC exercise anniversary issues that they've been doing. Because I guess twenty-five issues is an anniversary. I guess it would be if it was biweekly. Anyway, great creators on this. On this, there's one, two, three, four stories close to pick of the week as well. Except for, I mean, look, everyone has their their things. Like everyone has a thing that annoys them that other people don't aren't annoyed by. And this one had a really dumb joke in it that I get is a meant to be a dumb joke, I guess. But also, it was so. Out of character that I literally grumbled about it in, in my head for about five minutes Like I had to put the book down <laughs> And come back to it So this is Batgirl's 25th, 25th anniversary 25th anniversary, 25 issue The first story Really nice story, Marguerite Scott And Tom Dernick. And Batgirl goes to a funeral for a man She once saved, it was the man who the Joker killed In that um, Issue with Uh uh, with When he goes to the chapel When he's angry about not being invited to the To the to the wedding, that issue of Batman She had saved him a year before So she goes to his funeral and it was a flashback to ha- What happened to the two of them and she has a nice talk with his mother And at the end of the story the mother says basically You know, life is short, you should Find someone who you you like To be around and If you need to have a cry, go have a cry Whoever feels you, makes you feel safe And so then this, so, so at the end of the story She calls up Dick and that cuts To the next story which is by marguerite bennett and dan Panosian who's terrific and it's a story of dick and barbara hanging out in the hotel room that bruce and selena were going to use for their honeymoon a little weird mm-hmm. but uh they figure hey the room's already paid for that's a little weird <laughs> i mean you said that but i'm gonna go ahead and... <laughs> yeah so the joke here that really bugged me was they're talking about weddings like dick's a hopeless romantic barbara's a cynic he doesn't understand why she doesn't want to get married or at least have a, you know, like a like a wedding uh, if she does get married. And and she says the thing that many people say is that, you know, I don't want to waste a ton of money on a wedding when I could use that money for, for a down payment on a house. And he says, basically, a down payment on a house, we're millennials, we're going to be renting our coffins. And I was like, you're Bruce Wayne's
0: son. I, I, the, but So the whole time, right up until the point that you said they decided to use the hotel room because it was already paid for, I was already like, you know, <laughs> you're really, really, really wealthy. I mean, you can act like you're not. You can do the common people pulp song thing. Yeah, yeah. You're extraordinarily wealthy, Dick Grayson. Batman <laughs> has no heirs but you. And Damien. And, you know, yeah, but what if we just ignore the fact that Damien's a thing? <laughs> I would love but, to. But even if, like, there's yeah, enough. Yeah. It's it's And it's not even a, like, I... I, I you know, even Barbara, to a certain extent, I can't imagine that Bruce Wayne would take care of Barbara for sure, or isn't just doing it anyway.
1: Right. And so I, that, I was like, "Man, that's really." I mean, I get if he's making a dumb joke, but like, it's really a misreading of the characters if that's if you're just going for the easy millennial, we're poor joke. And also, he, he
0: was born in 1940.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing in his, in his solo book They're portraying him Which I love As like as like the grumpiest Old young man Which I love Yeah
0: You take away that Where do you find those In the comic pool? World.
1: Take away that panel And this was a This was a great Little story In which You know They end up Cuddling in bed Because Dick is her safe place And uh, Let's
0: put this out there For a discussion question Uh-huh
1: Is Dick Grayson Wealthy? Yeah I mean, we know that Because well, he's wealthy because he doesn't have a fucking job. Bruce gives him tons of money, but like in, in his solo books, Bruce is always buying him apartments or mm-hmm. you know whatever. You know, it's it was like a cop for a while. Yeah, but Bruce was not not. That's because he wanted to be a cop. He was still. Do you ever think back to the golden age of Bat Family books? Yes, I, I do all the time. Ugh.
0: Every once in a while, I see Adam Beach and like will post something on Facebook and he'll be like, "Come back!" <laughs> and then before him, and then I'll see something about Chuck Dixon. I'll be like, "Don't come back!" But also, good job when you were here. I'd be happy
1: if you did. So anyway, that's a that's a sweet story where they, they sort of, they aren't a thing, but they aren't not a thing. They are kind of their their soulmates, but whether or not that means they'll be together is another question, but it was a nice moment. The third story, my great Scott, this is Paul Pelletier, and this one ties into, I guess, the main book where she's on a case. There's a guy who she had previously incarcerated, gets out, and he's, he kills people pretty horribly, and he does so here, and they have a chase and a fight, and it... It continues directly into the next issue of Batgirl, so this is where the story's going. I believe she's leaving the tech hub of Burnside to return to Gotham proper, which I'm pretty happy about because I was sick of the tech stories. And then Paul Dini wraps it up with a story from Emanuela Lopicino. uh Just a fun, Paul Dini, wacky Paul Dini story of, uh, of Batgirl fighting Mad Hatter's female assistant. And uh, it was nice. It was a nice issue. If if you take up that joke, it might have it been Pick of the Week. But... It was enough to derail <laughs> it. It was enough to derail it.
0: Remember the great run of Paul Dini on Detective? Yeah. I'm going to do this a lot. <laughs> it's mostly just to make sure I'm working out my memory. Yeah, I get it. You know how people make that joke? It's like a hacky comedian joke about like, you know, when you're old, you just walk into a room and you forget what you were doing. I was like 40 times a day.
1: I do that. And it's awful. So what is the sound effect for Tony Stark Iron Man number three? Ah. <laughs>
2: uh, uh. <laughs>
1: wow, that was a lot of sound effects.
0: It vexes me. Uh huh. Um, I'm still reading it, but this was the one uh, where I was the most like, "You need to stop reading this." <laughs> because, and I was, I was very proud of what of how I described it to to Jim. That mm-hmm. it seems is sent. Paul Dan sense of humor reminds me of uh, a young person who hangs out with old people all the time. mm Hmm. Like, it's not clever. It's not funny. It's super obvious. Mm-hmm. But underlying that is a really strong sense of comic book drama. He, he's very good. And, yeah. and structure and plot. Mm-hmm. But the words and the presentation really grates at me sometimes. The words
1: coming out of people's mouths. The,
0: specifically. Like, I, the dialogue is terrible. But he, it's not terrible, like in the greater context of comics, in the 80s, this would have been the greatest thing you'd ever read. Pre-86.
1: He has a throwback sensibility and humor is subjective and you have a very strong sense of things. If humor doesn't work for you, you can't. You're not. You don't go, sure. You can't work with it.
0: Well, I just find it unsophisticated, largely, and also unsubtle. And you're right. I'm very specific about what I, what I think works as humor. But then at the same time, the same could be applied. There is a Socio-political undertone going on here with this like robot. Right, you're still reading this, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Machine Man robot writes. You know, you've got Machine Man, who I used to love as a character. I don't know what the fuck this is. (laughs) Whatever, he's a stand-in. He's flexible. I'm not. I'm not offended by that in any way. But, like, he's a super radical, like, robot rights person, and he's talking about, like, uh, AI appropriation and everything. And so what it feels like is that Slot is commenting on some issues that we have going on sociopolitically today, and it's super ham-fisted. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it feels – by doing that, I don't think he's doing this on purpose, but I feel like he is making light of it. Yeah, for sure. It feels a little wrong. No, it's totally right. And a bad place to be doing that. Now – Does it fit with the story as it is? And if there was nothing else going on, could we have a joke about it? Sure. But in the context of the greater world, I was like, maybe don't do this part.
1: Yeah, I I like that part. That was my favorite part of it. I mean, if anyone needs to be lampooned right now, it's people on social media. It's just – it's fine. I don't find anything spectacular about it. I don't – Yeah. I don't find anything terrible about it. I just –
0: I do. I think there's things that are really interesting about it. I like – Whatever the thing is that there's a bit where Tony says, you know, like actually I'm not a human, you know, or you know whatever it is that yeah makes that me was interesting, heads. super interesting. Like it's really thoughtful. So again, from a plotting point, I thought that that worked great. And then she's doing this thing where she's kind of melancholy and she dreams of herself being a human and she wants to be and going back and forth. And th- that's actually fairly sophisticated and interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's it's ve- the whole thing vexes me. I'm quite vexed. Yeah, I, I think it's it's also gorgeous. I really think Valeria Sheedy here yeah. is doing great work. I think it's a beautiful book.
1: I love that they have committed to that the mustache here, but he's got it nowhere else in any other books. That's fine. Take take what you can get.
0: Uh, I also But like thought... the bits the bits I'm sorry, I'm almost done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bits with like his mom, where she's she's supposed to be like an aging punk rocker. Yeah. It's it was so hokey. I hate that part. Yes. Like it'd be one thing if like the guy had a crush on her and they had a relationship, but this is done like a fanboy fantasy of somebody who's never met a girl before.
1: Well, that's that is literally what we said about Spider Man, which why always stopped reading it. Was it, it, he had, he was in some relationship that felt so you know, unbelievable that I just was like, this is like someone who's never met a girl before.
0: It was it was like it was like uh, Kevin Smith characters dating yeah. girls.
1: And I don't mean know? that about Dan Slott. I just it just what yeah the way he, it's been written, it just it's just like I don't buy it. It's a tough book because I do think you're right. There, I mean, I think there are some interesting things in here. Yeah. And I, I don't. I don't know how long I'll last.
0: I'm trying. I kind of like the challenge of it, <laughs> like trying to decide: do I hate this or do I kind of like it? And there's there's something compelling about that. I really liked what he did in Fantastic Four last week. Mm-hmm. So I had well. the same thought about that, though. It's just his style. I can't. I can't get to it.
1: Let's take a moment to really thank Harrys because. I think without Harry's, we'd all look like hobos, right? I'm telling you right now, just
0: before you started to talk about this, just before I glanced my thing, my eyes down to look at what was next in the script, mm-hmm. I scratched a little bit here on my neck because I haven't had time to get to it, and yeah. I need I need it's I, we'd be we'd be a lot less comfortable.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you'd have a lot lot fewer confusion about whether or not we will occasionally grab a bindle and dry, ride the trains. <laughs> I gotta brush up on the code. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I find that happens a lot less in my life since I've been using Harry's blades. Fewer people ask me, if I'm, ask me if I'm I have okay. To check, I have to check the brand rules and see what it says about hoboism. But we're good. And the reason why that is is because Harry stands behind the quality of their blades. They know that switching razors isn't an easy decision. And so they've created a trial offer. And you can claim yours by going to harrys.com ifanboy. And Harry's, as we said for years, we've been using it for years. It's a terrific blade. It offers a close, comfortable shape at a fair price. Harry's founders were fed up with overpriced uh, razors, overpaying for expensive razors with unnecessary features. They know great shave comes down to one thing, and one thing only. Great blades made with sharp, durable steel that lasts. And that's why they bought the factory. That's why they bought it, Josh. And that's been yeah. making some of the highest quality blades in the world for the past 95 years. So you know it's a German factory. And by selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's gonna offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand. Just $2 a blade compared to $4 or more and quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days and you'll get a full refund, which is crazy. So here's the trial offer you can get. You get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, a weighted ergonomic handle, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover, which I just used for two weeks. So here's what you do. Listeners of the show can redeem that trial set by going to harrys.com ifanboy and make sure you go to harrys.com ifanboy to redeem the offer and you can do that Please let them know that we sent you. It really does help, help support the show. So thank you, Harry's. And thank you, everyone who redeems that, that offer. Many, many of you do.
0: Yeah, I just, I just like them. I'm a fan.
1: What's really funny is that you and I both put Usagi Ujimbo, the hidden number five on the list. It was hidden. It was hidden. <laughs> I've never read any Usagi Ujimbo before. And I had a realization while reading this issue. And we'll talk about the big reveal in a second. I like the tone. It's really relaxing. Yes. It's almost like reading meditation. He has a, a very, it's a very slow, and I don't mean boring, but it's a very, it's like they sit, they sit around, they drink drinking tea, talking about the case. I felt very relaxed reading it, which is not often the case. That's a, that's a, I think it's a very, very good observation. If you were reading it in a hammock, you'd fall asleep. But usually when you say you comic would make you fall asleep, it's a bad thing, but I think this would be a good thing. I literally did fall asleep reading
0: comics last night. I don't remember which one it was, but I hadn't gotten this far. This was the one I read at 1 a.m. after I woke up. I was like, that's you're not dangerous. done yet." That's dangerous. Yeah. I uh, mean, you know, it's interesting that you say that because there really is. There's a. I was going to say thoughtfulness. I don't know that that's the right word, but there's there's like a. It isn't. It isn't is all samurai action. There's bits of it that happen, but there's. You know, Usagi is is sort of a traveler through this world always. And and, and all of these feel about the, about the same. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, you know, he, he's on his own. He's a ronin. He's like a wandering samurai. He doesn't have people. It's funny because this starts off and there's a kid, like a little kid running at him and wakes him up. I was like, does he have a family I don't know about? And it's just because he's a house guest.
1: <laughs> right. I you thought know. about that too, yeah.
0: So he's always sort of watching and, and he's not perfect. Like there's a there's just like a little like you think of samurai in one way. You think of samurai. I'm sorry, I, I won't go on this forever, but no, you no. think of Samurai in this way that it's like confident, all knowing, gruff person. Mm-hmm. Um and Usagi has this like openness. Like there's a bit where he finds a hidden note in his pocket that the thief put there. Yeah. And and like Usagi Jimbo has this like little vulnerability. He's like, What? How'd that get there? Like, and it's not it, it's not incredulousness. He's just mm-hmm. like, Well, isn't that interesting? You know. <laughs> And that's what you're talking about. It's, is that that calmness? That
2: that
1: yeah.
0: Whatever it is, when you sit on a lake in the morning and you look at it.
1: I think that's exactly. This feels like that comic book version of that. And even then, that putting that aside, I think this has been a really interesting story. It's been the the the, the confluence of religions. Mm-hmm. You know, as Christianity is starting to spread its way into feudal Japan, this, that's been the main thrust of the story. And we, and we find out the the item they've all been her- searching for this whole time appears to be a japanese version of the christian bible
0: which if you know you know sort of history and like that is significant yeah you know that's 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 the reformation basically you know that people can you know read the word on their own they don't need somebody to translate it for them or do whatever that's that's pretty like there's it's it's the it's a high stakes low stakes story all at the same time and there's a really interesting sort of political thing that's happening. You know, like in our culture and then also this culture here. This is the bit where everybody who has to walk into the whatever the government compound is has to stomp on the cross yeah and you gets there and he looks down at it and he's like i don't really want to do this but i gotta i gotta get a move on
2: yeah and
0: i thought that was an interesting choice that they sort of like we let him see his his thought that i'm not comfortable doing this but also it's not such a big deal to me i gotta go do some shit
1: yeah it's it's it's, it's a really good miniseries
0: yep it is and it doesn't feel like anything else i mean it feels like usagi but that's what it should be yeah I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that this was a, a patron thing is why we had to read the first one, right? Yeah. I mean, you've read it before, but I think you had, yeah, but of it started reading. me. Yeah. sort of. I do on and off, but it kicked me back on it. And so I've been enjoying this. I have a little, when I, <laughs> when I see
1: that it's on the list, I go, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that was a patron pick cause I wouldn't have read it otherwise. Yep. Real quickly, Archie meets Batman 66 number two. I just wanted to mention because, uh. We talked about the first issue because it was a patron pick. The um, The criminals of Gotham are making their way over to Riverdale because they're sick of dealing with Batman, Robin, Batgirl. And so not knowing much about Riverdale, Batman doesn't want to just go in full, full guns blazing. So he sends Dick and Barbara in undercover to go to Riverdale High to figure out what's going on because the crime is clearly centered around there. And I'll say this. If... Uh, if Archie and Betty don't don't end up together, and Dick and Barbara don't end up together, I'm perfectly fine with Dick and Betty ending up together. So that's that's something we can discuss later. Mm-hmm. But you get the cool kids from Gotham moving in, and uh, Archie is smitten with Barbara, and Betty is smitten with Dick, and I don't blame them. Do they wear comical disguises of any kind? Or they just no, they're just in super
0: 60s outfits because <laughs> initially when you said they went undercover i was like fake
1: mustache and then you went <laughs> high school and i went probably not <laughs> no they they're just wearing cool 60s clothing and the one one of the fun things about this book is that since it takes place in the 60s there, there are a lot of 60s fashions happening which is fun well that is fun yeah
0: i checked out a book here called crowded mm-hmm. number one by christopher sabella and artist rose stein uh, with ted brant on on colors or on inks colors colors forget me I didn't really know what it was. I just saw Christopher Sabella's name, and I've read some stuff that I liked from him before. I think I had him on the show even once a long time ago.
1: The name is familiar.
0: On a Don't Miss long ago, I think he was doing something for Dark Horse. And so I didn't really know what this was, but I kind of liked the art. And let's see. It's it's kind of a story about a near-future dystopia. I read this right after Analog, and it's sort of similar in this world where ever, there's too much apps and there's too many – bad things going on but it's this girl who basically does uh, a lot of um what's what do you what do you call it like the people who do uber and the task rabbit and like what's that kind of work called not contract but like job based gig based gig economy the gig economy yep right so this girl does all that like that's her life and she'll she'll go do a bunch of different things for people and uh, at the beginning he's she's meeting with this girl from an, uh, an app called defend d f-e-n-d mm-hmm. And the idea is that they they save your life. They're a personal bodyguard, and she was the girl was the only one available. But she also had a very low rating of one point four,
2: mm, not and
0: good. she's super grim. But what had happened is that the I guess she's the protagonist, the one who had the, all the gigs. A hit had been put out on her, a crowdfunded hit,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it turns out that everybody that she knows pledged a total of one point two million dollars to whoever could kill her. And so that's why she has to hire this other girl. And it's sort of wacky and it's sort of rompy. And the girl who uh, is the target is annoying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the other one is grumpy. And it's it's hyper real. It's sort of silly and cartoony.
1: And I didn't love it,
0: but I did like a lot of things about it.
1: Did it have anything to say about the gig economy?
0: I'm not sure what it said yet because it definitely left. Like, there's a lot of unanswered questions. But I think, I mean, I think the basic idea is this is changing and it will eventually ruin our world and go out of control just like everything else right you know at the same time it's it's, it's very similar to what we used to talk about on follow is mm-hmm. that like i don't want a book that examines social media i don't want to think about it you know or whatever this weird world that we have now like i don't but if you're going to you should be interesting and in, in that way this is interesting and pretty modern perhaps too modern for mm-hmm. me but really well done i thought and I'll, I'll read more of it well that's good there's a little something for you
1: so those are the books we wanted to talk about. If you go to patreon.com slash ifanboy, you can join up to support the show. And at any level, you can vote every week to put a book under the rundown. This week, The People's Choice, Pearl number 1 from Jinx World. By Michael That was Bendis, weird. Michael Gatos. It's weird. Jinx World, now being published by DC. So Bendis and Gatos, longtime collaborators, creators of Jessica Jones and other books they've done together. I can't think of it at the moment.
0: Other Jessica Jones
1: <laughs> Uh Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. The thing for me is I really like Gatos sometimes. He has t- two styles. One style, which he uses Jessica Jones a lot, is where he actually draws everything.
0: The thick lines. Or at least
1: it looks like he actually draws everything. Another style is where he's clearly taking a lot of photos and just running them through a filter on Photoshop. And that's the style he uses here, and I don't like that style. <clears throat> I had a real hard time with this book, because I had a hard time looking at it. Uh huh. But I like the story. I just I couldn't get behind the way it looked.
0: So, I, I enjoyed this. Yeah, I mean, the story was good. I basically started with it, and it's funny, because it, a lot of these books that we're reading, the one we just talked about, is it Analog? Analog, which also came out this week. Mm-hmm. It's a world that's ours right after ours, sort of, or or currently, but like, you know, Basically it's it's a slightly heightened world where things have changed a little bit. And mm-hmm. actually this, you know, this could be the world of Deadly Class or something like that. I feel like I haven't read a creator-owned Bendis book in a while that I had any confidence in. What do you mean? Confidence in what way? The, the last few have been super sporadic. Mm-hmm. And like he'd oh, launch okay. a book and it didn't mean anything. And it was like and he didn't finish it and it didn't go very far. And for a guy in his position to sort of not go through the whole thing was kind of weird
1: well he's going to be relaunching scarlet yeah here too i know
0: there's fucking four series coming out of this and i was like how do you have time for that and how long can this possibly last and this unless they sell a lot which isn't looking like a thing that's happening because times have changed that being said like this felt like bendis and it didn't feel like bendis
1: it felt very much like you said like reading a, a bendis creator-owned book which i hadn't done in a long time so i thought yeah. I, liked, I felt really good about that
0: but also just like the world and the like the themes that seem to be present. Like I was like, wow, this is not the kind of stuff he would have written about 10, 15 years ago. This is a different thing. This is like a lot of stuff because we haven't seen it for a while. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of stuff bouncing around in there that he's got something to say about. Yeah. And and I liked that it didn't seem to have anything to do with, you know, powers. It didn't. There wasn't a I mean, I mean I'm this might be commercial suicide, but there wasn't like a, a, a gimmick. I don't see a straight up. Movie pitch here. I just it's some people in interesting circumstances. Well, it
1: harkens back to his original comics, yeah, which were hard-boiled crime books. Yep, and that's kind of what this is. This is a young girl caught in the off. middle of a yakuza war, and yep. there's something to do with tattoos. She has some amazing tattoo from some legendary tattoo artist on her wrist yep. that causes all the problems. And this is uh, what
0: happens when you live in Portland for a while.
1: <laughs> and so, but she gets caught in the middle, and it, it really just it seems to be as simple as that. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed reading it, and I was like, oh, this guy, I like this guy. Yeah, that's that's, what, that's what's tough for me. Is I really did enjoy reading it, but I just didn't enjoy looking at it. There was a flashback sequence of her getting the gun it. where it, it's mostly drawn, and I was like, yeah, that's that's what I want. I don't know that it bothers me that much. That's fine. I see the difference. I I absolutely see what you're
0: talking about. I don't I don't know that as and someone I, and who's I like made their own Fumetti comic, I would understand. I I I, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I like the part that you like better. mm Hmm. But I, I didn't. It didn't take me out of it at all, and and I liked. You, it was funny. The only thing in it that I would say maybe I didn't like so much is that you know we were talking about that relationship in another the, in the book with Dan Slott and, mm-hmm. and how he does it, and I was like, this guy and this girl, it's a little, <laughs> just a little like like old school romantic comedy thing that I don't feel is very applicable anymore. But I'll let it play, and I also want them to get together and be happy.
1: Did so you was, read the reprint of Citizen Wayne in the back? I did. I did, and it's funny
0: how, to me, first of all, I know Citizen Kane a lot better than I did at that point when this came out. Yeah. So I was just like, yep, okay, this I know what this is immediately, and I was kind, it was kind of like it's cute, but it's kind of disappointing in a way. Yes.
1: This is so. This is this is if people don't know, this was Bendis's first and only DC work
0: mm-hmm. before his. I kind of remember when it happened.
1: Yeah, before moving over here, it was a Batman. It was an Elseworlds story in the back of Batman Chronicles twenty one. I was, you know, fifteen years ago, or twenty years ago, whatever it was. It's a little short piece in which he riffs on Citizen Kane. Call it, it's called Citizen Wayne, and it's about it's the same thing. <laughs> Bruce Wayne dies. It says Rosebud. Clark comes trying to figure out what Rosebud means. It's I don't know, it's a one, two, three, four, five, six page short. Yeah, and it could. I, I mean, I could have read more of it. I think
0: that was enough. It ended, and I was like, that's fine. <laughs> like I, it was cute but i was like I, you know this, there wasn't there wasn't a lot to say it was a one note thing yeah it's a one note joke it was very strange to me though to finish this and flip that last page and see batman printed i was like whoa! it's the same thing like i talked oh, about the letter. yeah this is this is gatos doing drawing oh yeah no totally i don't mean that i just mean like literally the batman logo yeah in a in a Bendis his creator-owned book. I, it was just like I talked about last week, like seeing the wrong letterer under his name. It was It's weird because it's been such a, an entrenched part of comic book world. And then seeing like this is Jinx World now. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting choice. And I, I also, you know, I, I don't read anything. So
1: to see that he's got four creator-owned series coming out, that's crazy. Cover with his old collaborator, David Mack. Scarlet's coming back with Alex Maleev. And United States versus Murder, Inc., number one, with Michael Avonoming Oeming, which is interesting. Can you, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Murder, Inc. is one of my
0: favorite sort of things to, to do.
1: It's an alternate history about the five families in Murder, oh, Inc.
2: so good. <laughs> I want that a lot.
1: It's a mob story. It's Jewish mobsters. Oh, it's
0: great. It'll be perfect. It's going to be so good.
1: Yeah, so I'm looking forward. That's coming out next month. Anyway. so Ratings. Ratings. Ratings.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, I can't go any higher than three. I can't. Wow. Three out of five. 3.75. All right. Sticking with it. Yes. Yeah, I am. I really want to read it, which is tough. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Just settle in, man. Just go for the
0: ride. <laughs> Let the storytelling and the words take you away. It's going to be all right. Yep so that was from the patrons there's many there's many wonderful benefits that come from this patreon thing mostly for us but for you also we uh we have some powers to give away this week a little bit of a special situation we're doing an entire family together so michael corrigan and his three daughters are all going to get a power this week which is something we've never done before now i should note the powers are not related to one another we did not come up with them in concert they do not work in a it's
1: not like a team scenario they can't team up well they could
0: they could, you know. they could, and that's up to them. It's, it's, the Fantastic Four powers were not related to each other. We don't so you know what the powers him.
1: are going to be. I haven't talked to Josh, so could, they could that's all true. end up being animal-based powers.
0: It's not a Wonder Twins thing, though, no. where they have to activate no.
1: with one another. I don't think so.
0: So it, in, in whatever the, the freak accident or genetic anomaly was that caused these powers, mm-hmm. they all ended up with something unique to themselves, and right. uh, they'll have to work it that way. So wh- wh- what, do we got? what do we got
1: first? Okay, Arcadia Corrigan can make her entire body super sticky. <laughs> she can stick to walls, things can stick to her, but she can also change it so things could fall off. Like she she can she can regulate the the level of stickiness
0: uh by area or or all at once. It's all at once. It's all at once. Okay. Okay, so you can't just make your
1: feet sticky. No. If you can make your feet sticky. You can walk up a wall as in this but, week's uh book that i read further question
0: uh that was in uh mage the hero mage, defined. Yeah, that's right which is funny it's a thing that we're reading but we're not talking about because <laughs> i think we're both just enjoying it like, i'm just gonna read it i don't need to analyze it i don't know what to say it's a good time keep doing it anyway yes full so, body stickiness wait wait, no, so yeah the stickiness mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. uh is it a secretion <laughs> is, is, you mean that if you stick to her are you gonna get are you gonna get all sticky well what i'm saying is say that she wants to walk up a wall yeah But then she wants – she gets to the top. She wants to pull back the stickiness. Right. Do her cover – does her clothes have crud on the inside of them? Uh,
1: No. Okay.
0: It doesn't leave leave
1: residue. But it does – like she'd have to take off her shoes to walk up the wall. And while that's happening, her clothes are all really stuck to her body because she's super sticky. But once she dials down the stickiness, it returns to normal. Uh Uh-huh. She doesn't get like covered in like a goo or anything. Okay. Good. That's gross.
0: Yeah. Next up, Thea Corrigan.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, anytime an insect tries to bite or sting her, it just bursts into flames before it can.
1: <laughs> Wait, before it can? Like there's a sh- force field, or like when it when it when it tries to make the bite itself, it bursts into flames on her. Like
0: it makes contact, like I it's see. about to, like it's about to go for it. I, mm-hmm. I don't, listen. I don't know. I'm not an entomologist. I don't know how it works. But before it can, uh,
1: it can you know make break the, the surface. Yeah. 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 Or, or you know, or inject its goo into you. I think before the bite. I think in the course yeah. of making the bite, it bursts in the flames. It's like a defense.
0: Well, I feel like as soon as it gets past the skin layer, it's starting to leave bacteria and stuff. Sure. like that It never gets to that point. The body I, just goes, just flames it right up. I could have
1: used that last week. week I, it,
0: we, the whole of New England could. It would just <laughs> knock this Lyme epidemic right out of, it. just be over.
1: Aren't there Aren't there like super Lyme bugs coming? I, re- I saw in the news.
0: That doesn't sound like any kind of story I want to read.
1: <laughs> so, uh, super ticks, I think. So, sticky, anti-bug powers. Yep. Yep. Cecily Corrigan mm-hmm. can get super bouncy. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Cecily can change her her innate bounciness <laughs> to she could be bounced really high. So she almost your becomes like a human, she becomes like a human rubber ball. Mm-hmm. There's bounce, look. Bouncing Boy is, is a Legion superhero. Very similar. It's
0: a, it's, a, it's a variable effect?
1: Yes. She, much like Arcadia's ability to change her level of stickiness, Cecily can change her level of bounciness.
0: All of your powers require a Rheostat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that word. It's similar to Bouncing Boy, yes. I just realized that. But However, however Cecily can... She doesn't turn into a ball and bounce. She, her just whole body, she's, her feet, bouncy. She Question. can bounce, yes. Question. Yes.
0: Does it make a comedic sound? <laughs> yes. Mung. <laughs> So is it more like a, you know, like the the um, you know, the um playground kickball sound? Yes. That sort of hollow
1: metallic bounce? Yes. Exactly. Or, that. It makes exactly okay, that noise. That, that is the best sound. <laughs> so there you go. She
0: can bounce. Sort of a rubber ping. Oh, that's yeah. a good sound. I don't even like playing kickball, but I love that sound. <laughs> My, Michael Corrigan's power is this. hmm With a thought. Mm-hmm. He can cover the cost of any education. So he's walking down the street, points to somebody. College loans are wiped out. Wow. The guy. Somebody wow. Gets back. They they get back uh, the papers from the University of wherever. Kid says, "I want to go there," and he's like, Pfft, "Taken care of." And it's not a it's not a physical thing. It's just that all of a sudden the account shows paid.
1: It's so it's not like of. he's putting money into an account or or yeah. giving that. It's just all of a sudden the records show paid.
0: Yeah, but then the math works out for everybody. Nobody's yeah. getting hosed over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets paid for it. This goes further. Like, oh, I, I really want to take that. Uh, I want to. I want to take that. That's that special class. Mm-hmm. I want to learn how to do. You know, uh, uh, Excel. It's oh, 150 bucks. He's yeah, taken care of. Like he's got that, Clown College. So basically, anybody who who he wants to help, they can enrich or better themselves in any way that they'd like, and they, they, you do not have to worry about the economic consequence.
1: So it's not like I can get like a Corvette from Michael.
0: No, unless it's a requirement of a Corvette repair course that you're taking. Right. Not that I want a Corvette. I just... Everybody in New Hampshire wants a Corvette. <laughs> right. It's the only sports car I see here. Like, it's what you get when you have your mid-late-life crisis, I guess. What color is yours going to be? I'm not going to get a Corvette.
1: You sure? That's there was a little pause there.
0: Well, I was thinking about what car I would get, and it would definitely not be the one that all of the other people have. It would give you something and to talk about. And then I thought, would it be a 10th scale thing? possibly, or would it just be a bike? I think I would get a
1: camper so I can so I can leave. <laughs> All Thank right. Patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where you can go and help support the show. Thank you to Michael Corgan and family for doing so, and uh, enjoy your powers. Everyone helps us at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Our favorite people, as you mentioned, you can vote in the patron pick, you can get your superpower, you get a prize pack if you give a certain level. Everyone who does that helps the show going. Our next stretch goal is a non-comics media podcast. So if you want to hear that show, please go and and join up. Also, ifanboy.threadless.com is where you can go check out our t-shirts. We actually had a huge influx of t-shirt orders in the last week. All different kinds, not just does it make sense? Something matters, Josh. All, almost all the designs got an order this week. Huh. Which, which was unusual because nothing they said something matters has been dominating, but you can go check out our seven shirt designs there. If one of the left show was ordered, ratings was ordered, iFanboy logo love th- was ordered. Do
0: you think the fact that we had pointed out that that one was popular caused people to make another
1: choice? Maybe or is that just the thing I would do? Possibly, but that's what I was surprised to see and gratified. So thanks to everyone who goes to ifanboy.threadless.com. You don't have to get a t-shirt. You can get those designs on anything that they sell there. And ifanboy.com slash support, that's where you can make a direct donation via PayPal. And ifanboy.com slash Amazon, that's where you can go find links to the books we talk about in the books below, as well as a general Amazon link. Everyone who helps support the show, we thank you very much. Couldn't do it without you. So I guess we are long... Do you want to do one email? Let's do one. We didn't do one last week, so pick one. Let's do this non-comics one. Owen M. I've been thinking about this for a week or so. I'm currently on holiday in Italy, and they take their coffee very seriously here. Following on from your sharing your thoughts on steak and bread, what are your coffee preferences both at home and on the move? Starbucks? Hipster third wave coffee? Cafetiere? Nespresso? Instant? Now, I'm...
0: No, I'm correct in that you are completely non coffee. I don't drink coffee. I drink tea. In any way.
1: In any I drink way. Drink tea. Yeah.
0: Now, was this a decision based on or was he just never
1: started? No one in my family drinks coffee. Mm-hmm. So there's never been coffee around. No one no one in my family. And you've never thought I'm gonna go try a coffee. No, all the other thing is that all I see around me is people who go, I can't I can't function without it. Right. I, I don't want to be beholden to something like that. I don't want to ever be in a position where I can't function without something. So uh, never had never I think I said took a sip of it once in college, but never had a have I had a coffee. none, it's weird. None of my immediate family, my wife, my my most of my friends, it's weird. I found this weird collective of people who don't drink coffee.
0: My mom drank and made coffee, as did my grandmother. The two people I spent the most time around in adults, like every single day, all the time my whole life. Mm-hmm. I think I tried it at some point early on. And when I don't like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you, don't, Ron doesn't drink it, and for for the longest time, you didn't either. So that was yeah, so part this, of Yeah, so
0: that's why this is interesting. Yeah. Now,
1: uh,
0: I mean, <laughs> interesting is variable
1: here. I'm going to be honest with you.
0: Interesting for me a, and you. A good 85% of the people might drop out. I, I can't. I, I can only be me. Yeah. Occasionally, I would try some coffee. I do this with things that I don't like or think I don't like that people really seem to like. You know what I mean? Like... It's like anything. Um, there are people who are um, like, they just really enjoy that thing. Mm-hmm. And if I don't like it, I think, well, maybe I'm, I'm missing something. Cause like, I don't want, I don't, I know what you're talking about. I don't want that thing. I don't want that dependency. And even mm-hmm. though I do have coffee pretty much every day now, um, I don't really feel like I have that dependency. Like, it's a nice thing. It's a part of a habit, but I'm not like, I can't function. Like, mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. Caffeine's right. never had a big strong effect on me either way. Um, but like, like I don't like fish, but every once in a while I'm like, all right, give me a bite of your fish so I can go back in and check. Or like right. I have tons of friends who are super into beer, like not as like, whoa, let's get loaded on Coors Light, but like try this fucking snobby IPA. IPA is gross, by the way. Oh, um, I can't. I don't. I can't do it. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Uh, but but either way, I try it because I want to. I I would like – I like this. You're a man kind of, of the world. You want to you well, taste, like taste the world. I like when there's something really good that you can take and go, oh, I, I, I understand and enjoy how this is very good. You know more than the normal, or or you know whatever is satisfying about it, mm-hmm. the premium aspect of the thing. So, yes. for years, I'd try coffee every once in a while. Never really did anything for me. Every once in a while, I'd find myself getting something like, um, like a like a cafe mocha, which is basically you know hot chocolate milk with coffee caffeine in it, mm-hmm. more or less. You know, like four hundred yeah. calories of just sugar. And I was like, oh, that's all right. Um, at some point around the time that my second son was born, um. Started making coffee more often. <laughs> and it wasn't. A, it, I mean, like it was related to the fact that like we were like, let's let's do something else. But it was also just like let's just do something else in the morning than what we'd been doing. It was kind of like a novelty.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, but I quickly like we had like a regular coffee maker and like a, sorry like a, you know like you'd buy at Walmart and it's thirty bucks and it makes coffee and it's shitty. Yeah. We had that for a while and, and Lindsay and the coffee that came out of it wasn't very good. And then I got the idea like I'd had coffee. It's probably about the time I started working in San Francisco too. So I could get coffee there sometimes and they had really fancy places and I learned yeah, – I had to learn how to order it. It was like when I go into a bar, I don't really know how to order drinks or how to be in a bar. Right. It was the same coffee and I don't want to ask questions. I'm to be like, well, how does this work? Because I'm fucking 40 and I don't want to be like, I don't know how to do coffee. <laughs> right. um, you know, But I started like just having sort of basic coffee and figuring out how I liked it. And then I came home and I found like – I was like, what's the best coffee that can be made from like just a home – Coffee machine thing, and it's like a it's like a, a drip pour over kind of thing. Uh-huh. um It's a it's a Bonavita machine. It's Bonavita, like, t- t- Bonavita. It's like two hundred bucks. It's super simple, but it's the only one that's rated by the coffee whatever, and it makes really good coffee. We grind our own beans. We go out. We buy a lot. We used to at first we were buying a lot of flavored stuff, but we've tapered that back. Now I tend to like like Colombian or Guatemalan stuff, light medium roast stuff. I don't really like dark roast stuff, and I grind my own beans. Um, actually, I did drink a lot of Dunkin' Donuts coffee for a little while. Well, I'm you're in the it.
1: Northeast. Yeah, it's hard to. You're in New England. To. It's basically either that or they burn you out.
0: But it's not good. Like, no, it's, it's, it's not it's good. A, like there's something enjoyable about it, but it's not good, if that makes sense. Um, and I tend to not get it if I can. But my coffee at my house is better than coffee I have almost anywhere else other than a couple of super hipster places I went to in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And, and like if I go to somebody else's house, and like you want some coffee? The few times I've said, sure. I've been horribly disappointed. Or like those little um, – the little the pods the the you know you put them in and they're an economic or environmental disaster the little things yeah, People yeah, yeah. Who, you yeah know
1: I'm we, we have one of those here
0: at work the right here, um, here at cups yeah those are gross they're, like i've never had a good one out of that um but i really like like coffee that's pretty good my next step now is to try to get off of the sugar and cream not that i think it adds a lot i just feel like i bet if i could really like the purity of what the thing is i'd really enjoy it but the sugar at the bottom is a wonderful thing
1: Be a black man uh, I'd like. <laughs> well, does not mean what I how it sounds, but yes. I, I,
0: it took me a second, but I got there. I was like, "Oh, you don't mean that," because it's very likely not going to happen.
1: Right. Even if I tried to
0: act the part, it, I don't think it would be. Have you had iced coffee? I have. I, I converted to iced coffee last summer as a thing, and I will enjoy an iced coffee. Uh, relative, you know, a couple times a week probably. So, like, I'm not addicted to it. No. Doesn't sound it like time. it. I don't have to. <laughs> But it's an enjoyable thing, and also, like it's a lot less sugar and calorie. Like I used to drink a lot more soda, and I don't really do that as much anymore.. Right. So it was a trade for that. And it wasn't even for the caffeine. It's just because so I wasn't drinking water all day completely. That had nothing to do with anything, but I, and I, I'm sorry, but like I, I actually don't like I don't mind I like hipster coffee a lot, and it's always like, oh, that's good. And I like a latte <laughs> or something like that. I like Starbucks. Um, I don't like their mate their regular blend, but I like they've got like a light roast that's really good that they've been doing yeah you jumped right
1: in full 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 i was throttle. super
0: excited to talk about it apparently <laughs> so i have some right here contact them i have just to, well, so it's one yeah, last bit yeah yeah, yeah. i bought these, like insulated mugs they hold like 16 ounces and i it, like my one like people are like i drink nine cups of coffee i was like it takes me three hours to drink my one cup of coffee
1: well that's so, good So like
0: it's not it's like a slow you know it's just there it's enjoyable
1: so there you go. Contact.ifanboy.com is the email address. And also, you may note that we are only three weeks away from episode 650. And if you're a long-time listener, you know that on the 50s and the zeros, we do an all-email e- all show. So if you want to get an email into the 650 episode, please email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Include 650 in the subject line. And we'll be doing that in three weeks.
0: Connor, is it weird that I just checked the patron list, mm-hmm. uh, and even though people haven't heard this, subscriptions have dropped drastically. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, amazing. Are they all psychic?
0: Yeah, I guess. So, That's your
1: power. So check it out, contact.famboy.com. That's how you can get on this show or on the 650 episode, but, but send those emails, and we, we do appreciate getting them.
0: Uh, I'm not going to say the name of who is the August Talksplode, but you are going to get this at the very, very end of this month. If things don't go, inc- if if there's some problem, you might get it at the very, very beginning of September, but we're going to get it under the wire. It t- it turns out vacationing really ha- in August really has an effect on getting shows booked uh, in this particular month. The person's work was talked about in this episode. That's the clue I'm going to give you. Was it? Whether it or not. Hmm? Yeah. I
1: may have blacked out. Yeah. When you uh, start talking, I sometimes stop paying attention. I
0: didn't talk about it.
1: Yeah, I did. Oh, I did. Mm-hmm. I sometimes stop paying attention when I start talking. Oh, I mean, I definitely do
0: that. Or <laughs> uh, the September book explode. Also, you can get a big uh, heads up on it. Uh, is Superman Blue Volume One?
1: Um, that's right. We're going back to '90s Superman. Yeah, did you're you gonna see? need a head head start. It's a thick book. Superman Blue yep. Volume One is the next book explode. It's it's from the It's from the 90s era of Superman. This is the era where Superman was split in two, into electric Superman.
0: Wheezy Simonson.
1: So uh, that'll be our September discussion, our September book club discussion, booksplode. Superman, blue volume. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't started it yet, but I'm I'm going to start it soon. I'm looking
0: forward to it. This this retro period
1: is doing it for me. (laughs) Also (laughs) this week, uh, the Death of Superman podcast will finally come your way. I'm back from vacation. I can finally watch. I've got it sitting on my desk waiting to watch. But it'll probably be about Thursday. You can find me and Paul Montgomery and Ryan Haup talking about The Death of Superman, the latest DC Universe animated original film. So you can look forward to that this week. Also, wanted to give you your patrons a heads up. We do our monthly hangout. That's where Josh and I and sometimes Ron hang out for an hour a month with the patrons and, and talk about dumb shit. Not always comics related. Sometimes it is. and It's, it's something that I really look forward to every month. This month's hangout date is August 26th. which So it's a Sunday which is pretty much what we're doing now. We wanted to plan the next two out, August 26th, September 16th. And longtime patrons have been waiting for the G.I. Joe Fantasy Draft discussion in which the three of us are going to f- draft our fantasy G.I. Joe Platoon. It uh, was going to be in the August show, but we couldn't get that done. It's only going to be two of us on the show this, this month. So the G.I. Joe Fantasy Draft is now September. So it's, it's September 16th is when we're going to do that. So that's going to be really fun. We can talk about G.I. Joe forever.
0: We could do it right now, but we have to end this show.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited for this fantasy draft.
0: I know you are. <laughs> and in fact, I think that possibly some of your and Ron's excitement might make up for a shortfall in mine. But I think once we
1: get going... <laughs> no, no, no. We- once we get going, you roll down that hill just like we do. I know. That's what I just said. Firefighters are fighting fires.
0: <laughs> I feel like I I feel like, I really feel like I need to like bone up and I feel like it's too big of a thing to do. Well, that's why so-
1: I'm happy. I'm actually kind of happy we're pushing it off because I, I would like another month to do some research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I am uh, the next part here, yes. which would be head over.
0: I was, I was literally thinking about barbecue. <laughs> I'm not. I didn't get distracted. I think I was thinking about the G.I. Joe character barbecue and hoping that you would keep talking so I could. <laughs> I, that's, so you can leave that pause because that is what happened. Head okay. over to iFanboy.com to find out about all of our podcasts. Oof, <laughs> find it's, gonna to, it's gonna be a good one.
1: It's gonna be good hangout.
0: Before the show comes on, by liking Facebook.com slash iFanboy and following at iFanboy on Twitter. And you can follow us individually, J.A. Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram, and C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram as well.
1: I also wanted to mention that in the 450 episode, this 450, wow, that was years ago. In the episode 650, as we do, we'll be live streaming the recording. So make your plans, (laughs) even though I haven't told you the date of it. Keep that in the back of your mind. There'll be be a live stream of that episode. Save all the dates. Yeah, just save everything. Don't do anything for the next three weeks. Where are we in the script? Oh, yeah. If you'd like the show, write a review on iTunes. You know, leave a star rating if you want to write a review. It's very easy to just click over to the show on iTunes and click on a star rating. It helps people find podcasts. The more reviews, the better. The more star ratings, the better. And we really do appreciate it. It's an easy way to help the show. Even better than that is to tell your friends who are into the same things, into comics or even into long coffee talk. You you must have friends into that. You know who else is into long coffee talk? Your mom. Linda (laughs) Richmond. So (laughs) She is. (laughs) Coffee Talk and Barbara. So if you have, if your mom's in a Coffee Talk and/or Barbara Streisand, tell her about this this episode. She might want to hear. Maybe about that Josh's. coffee bit is going to be the thing that finally gets your mom on board. Yeah, maybe she want to hear about Josh's thoughts on on light roast. Is that, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. say and also say hello to your mother when you when you're doing it. She wants to hear from you. Call her. Give her a call. Say hello to your mother for me, okay? Help us spread the I Fan by love. Or it was coffee. like three Saturday Night Live jokes there. <laughs> The most important comedy show of all time. I'm Connor.
0: <laughs> I'm Josh. No big deal.